the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen King sitting in for Dottie Herman, but I am also here with Dottie's co-host, attorney Jerry Feeney, and our uh, mortgage and uh, loan expert, um, Ace Watana Suparp, who is uh, a uh, vice president. Ace, you're the vice president in charge of mortgages. Is that how it goes for Citizens Bank? Yes, I'm the regional manager here. You're the regional manager there. Um, if you have any questions, any legal questions, or if you have any questions about getting a loan, now is a great, great time to uh, give us a ring at uh, 960. Gee, uh, can you imagine? I've written this number so many times. 866-970-9622. It's 866-970-9622. Just before, before we get to our guest, Ace, I just wanted to talk about something that I saw on CNBC.com, and it said that former Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen, we all remember Janet Yellen, says that the central bank may have to cut interest rates if global growth showdown starts to impact the U.S. Have you heard anything about interest rates going in the other direction? Um, It could. I mean, it it hasn't increased um, in the last uh, month or so, right? So, or even two months. So, I mean, look, you know, our global economy is so intertwined with the U.S. economy. So there's a lot of factors in terms of um, the trade. Um, trade wars with um, China, and then you have the government freeze and the volatility of the stock market. So all these factors play into the Federal Reserve's decision on what to do. So, um, But look, all signs economically here in the U.S., it's positive, right? Unemployment is at an all-time low. Um, the inflation rate of 2%, we're currently at around 2.5, 2.6. And minimum wage is at $15. So um, all signs are, are leading in the right direction. But we still have to take into account things that are happening globally, too. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. That'll be interesting It'll to be see interesting. what happens yeah. to, you know, to home sales if they actually cut back on the, on the mortgage rates, which I might remind everybody are still at all-time lows. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable. What are we at now? 4.9, did you say, Ace? No, we're actually at 4.25 on a 30-year fix. And remember, for our, for our listeners out there, in November, just two months ago, um, really in 2018, rates were hovering right around 4.875, even you know, really nearing the 5% mark. So we're at a really, really good situation now if you're looking to purchase or refinance because we were hovering around 5% in November. Right now, we're currently at 4.1254 and a quarter. So rates have decreased. And you know, everybody that was complaining a couple of months ago and yeah. saying, oh, they're so high. 
Okay, well, now you have another opportunity, have another so I don't want to hear it. Exactly. this one. You That's know? it. Uh, and guess what? It's a, it's a buyer's market because a lot of people have their houses. And it's just a very, very, very good time to, to get into the game and to make the move. Mortgage rates are right. There are places available. Mm-hmm. People are willing to make deals. Uh, it's a terrific time to, uh, to buy a home. It is. I can say, especially a green home. Marla <laughs> Esser Close is on the phone with us. Marla, are you there? I am here. Hi, Marla. How are you? It's been a while since we talked to you. It has. I think it's been over a year, actually. So I went back and looked at my records. Well, we have certainly missed you. Marla is um, is on a mission, I think, to empower people um, to become part of the solution for the future by taking action in their own homes and beginning to live uh, green. Uh, people roll their eyes when they hear green. Marla is the uh, author of Living Green Effortlessly, Simple Choices to a Better Home, among many other books. And she's also the host of the Green Gab Fork podcast. Marla, why do people roll their eyes when they hear green? And what is green? That's what is green is the best question because it's huge. It, it really encompasses so many things. And I really like to talk with people that this is how you have a better home, by paying attention to all the elements of green. And when we're actually going through and certifying green homes, it's all about all the characteristics of the home and how it interacts with the land, how it uses resources and energy and water, um, how healthy the house is, indoor air quality, and how you run the house, you know, how you take care of it. So all of those things really comprise a, a green home. I think so many of us think of energy efficiency first, and that's definitely where we've we've started, and that's been around the longest. But we're really starting to realize the health implications of our homes and our buildings. Marlon, hold, really hold the thought about health uh, for a second. You said when, when the house is certified, who certifies? Is there an organization that certifies? How, how do you there's get your house of, to yeah, be certified? There's a lot of organizations that certify. There's two primary national certification programs, the National Green Building Standard, which is an, I'm going to get techie here, it's an ICC code, um, an ICC 700, and it's actually endorsed by the National Association of Home Builders. And then you have a second one that is LEED for homes, L-E-E-D, and that one is supported and um, offered by the U.S. Green Building Council. And then there are so many. If you, if you want a private home, Marla, you can call up LEED and ask them to come and to certify your home. While you're building it, yes, or a major renovation. Or a major renovation. Yes. It's interesting because earlier in the show, I discussed uh, a, a young woman that I know who is wants to renovate the kitchen in her uh, co-op or condo. I forget what it is. And she was told that she can't renovate it unless she upgrades to uh, to green appliances, I guess. And she was furious about that because she thought it was going to be so much more money. Okay. So there, that's one of the biggest myths, right? That it has to be more expensive. And it doesn't. But if you're told to have, that you have to do it, I can understand that <laughs> it gets a little upsetting. But one of the best things that we can all do is as we upgrade and maintain and we replace things in our home, we can just do it a little bit better. We can do things that are a little bit better for us. And we kind of incrementally can green our homes up. So no, give me an example. There's a lot of a ways to do machine, it. A washing machine, it, does it have to be an appliance? 
it can be an appliance. That's the thing with green is there's so many there's so many facets to it, and you can have a green feature like a low water use washing machine that's also going to be energy efficient. Um, you can have an entire room, or you can have an entire home. So there's a lot of different scales that you can go to. And what I really have spent a lot of my career doing is helping people understand they can just get started. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. And it doesn't just matter to certain people. We all have an opportunity to benefit from better homes. Well, how would one start? I mean, you know, if, if you mentioned it can be one room. How would I start in one room? You pick a room and tell me what would be things that I could do. Ah, kitchens. Kitchens Kitchens and bathrooms use more resources than any other two rooms in our homes because that's where we have our water and our, a lot of energy and we have a lot of chemicals oftentimes in the bathroom and the kitchen. <clears throat> so we can start, pick one that's most important to you. And this is one thing I really work with people is figure out your priorities and then that's align those with what you're going to want to get out of your home. So, for instance... If health and wellness is something that's really important to you, we may want to start by getting some of the chemicals out of your home and reducing your exposure to them. In your kitchen, that could start as simple as cleaning up your cleaning products, which is super simple and super easy to do. But as like you what move cleaning through, products you might... Are, are green and what, Marla, what, greening, what, what cleaning products are green and what aren't? Um, the best thing to do is look for certifications. So, for instance, a lot of cleaning products carry a certification called Green Seal. <coughs> Excuse me. So there you know, while you're uh, while you're getting a drink of water, let me just say that I, you know, my cleaning person did this. She switched all the products <laughs> to the green ones, and they, I have to say, they really didn't work as well. I have to, you know, I really wasn't happy with them, so we ended up switching back. So, I mean, one of my complaints was that, the, the, you know, it's I don't mind changing as long as they work as well or almost as well. But some of them, they just really didn't didn't do a very good job. Re- and like anything else, there's a multiple mm-hmm. multitude of choices. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. Yeah. Go no, ahead, well, Marla, you take another drink of water while, while Jerry and I discuss <laughs> this. I think, I think Jerry, I, I, I agree with you. I think that the general impression is, and the stuff that I've used that's supposed to be green or whatever, more healthy for you, really doesn't get the job done, yeah. as well as the stuff that have the nasty chemicals in it. I know. Unfortunately, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, some some service or some website that said, look, we've tested all the green ones and these really work as well as, you know, the ones that we grew up with, you know, fantastic and 409 and all those uh, Lysol, you know, I think part of it is marketing. We grew up with that. Our mothers used it and, and that's what smells clean. You know, to me, a room doesn't smell clean unless it's got Lysol, <laughs> you know, that Lysol smell to it. I love um, that smell. I love it's that smell, smell too. Clean. Yeah. yeah, it is. But so maybe it's psychological, but I just felt like the 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 green products that she was using just they just left a kind of a film of you know in the kitchen they weren't degreasing and uh and i I'm a bit of a stickler, I suppose when it comes to that kind of thing <laughs> she she'll Marla. tell you all about it if you have her on Have you, have you returned Marla? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I cannot get this frog out of my throat. yeah, well, take your time and relax and maybe get a drink of water. <laughs> I know uh, what, what you try to get. The harder you try, sometimes, as, well, Stephen, you've been on the air for many years. You know, the harder you try to get it out, the worse it is. Um, 
true. But you know, I'm also wondering too when you come back, what 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 is the advantage to having your home certified as green too? I was curious about that when you were talking, you know, and why only when you're doing a major renovation? Is it something that a millennial is going to want when they go to buy if it's a certified green home? And because I've got a smart home, you know, which is everything's run electronically, which I think is kind of green too because I can be you know, I can be in Africa and safari and I can change the temperature. I can bring the temperature down in the house, which I do all the time, particularly. Oh, if wow. People... Did you have that put in, Jerry, after you bought the yeah. house? Then? Yeah. Yeah. I had it put in. And it was great if you have guests that don't, won't leave. You know, you just turn the temperature <laughs> down and they eventually go. Um... <laughs> I'm so jealous, though. I would love yeah. to have a smart house. Yeah. I guess yeah. I have a dumb house, but. I would love to have a smart house. So you can see who's at the ringing the doorbell yeah. when you're in Africa. I can see more than, yes, I can see everything. But, you know, a smart house is also, I learned, expensive. Smart equals expensive. It's a, And, you know, once you get going on it, it's kind of an addiction, you know, because the air conditioning, the heat, the lights, the stereo. But you can't turn a TV on without a device, a, my, you know, smartphone or something like that. And if people come to visit, they can easily download the app onto their smartphone and then as long as they're in the house they can change the tv but i i did have somebody come and stay for the marathon in new york city and you know she was about to run a marathon the next day she couldn't get the lights off in the room um because the smart <laughs> the smart home was malfunctioning and we we literally had to end up turning the few the uh, circuit breaker off because she needed to get her sleep so she could run the marathon i thought well you know the good old days of just turning a switch off are gone apparently we have a surprise guest on the phone. Uh, Mike Conti, our uh, real our uh, insurance expert, is on oh. the phone. Mike, are you there? Yes. Hi. I'm Mike. in the car, so if the connection is bad, let me know and I'll hang up. But I do have a question. Go ahead, okay. What? It's a question is for Marla. Yes. Okay. Sure. Go ahead, Mike. Um, Good to hear your voice. By the way. Thank. Thank you, Steve. Um, when it comes to appliances, is there a difference between a Leeds appliance and an Energy Star appliance? Mm, okay. There is. So Energy Star is the, the rule of thumb for a certified appliance. A Lead Home, L-E-E-D, is only going to be for the home. There are products that meet the Lead requirements, but Lead itself does not certify products. So finding that Energy Star product is going to be your best bet. Well, what does LEAD mean? Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And it is the name of the program for green homes that the U.S. Green Building Council has. The second, the second option that's national is the National Green Building Standard. This one has great options for certifying a remodeled home or remodeled rooms. And I just... I think it has a little bit more function or flexibility in meeting those requirements. So even if you, I love it when people certify homes because that stays with the home and then it says that this home is going to be able to prove to the next owner that things were done, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And that oftentimes leads the homes selling for more money faster. But, you know, keeping, keeping this whole thing in mind that there's, you can take the whole home approach, but you can also take the as I improve and as I upgrade things approach. You can really do both for either. 
Mm-hmm. Mike, let me ask you while, while you're on the phone, is there any difference in the insurance if you have a, a green home or a smart home? Is there any difference in the insurance rates? The, the rates, no, but some of the endorsements are designed to buy the, you know, to, to purchase the uh, green appliances or the, the upgraded mm-hmm. leads of, uh, appliances that you need to meet the lead standard. So if you do have a Leeds home that's certified, you need to make sure that you have that proper endorsement on the homeowner's policy. Good point. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So it really does matter then if you have that endorsement on the homeowner's policy. You know, then, but it doesn't Absolutely. change the rate. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was looking way to uh, to change the rate. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, all right, I'm gonna hang up because it's tough. I'm on the car phone, but I thank you for taking my call, and I wish you the best day. Thank you, Mike. Stephen, did we lose it? Okay, you're still there. <laughs> I'm here, Stephen. Where are you? Oh, all kinds of fun technology stuff. Okay, so while we're waiting for Stephen to come back, tell me what's the advantage to having the home certified? I mean, you know, it doesn't reduce the rates. Maybe it's more attractive when you go to sell it, but if you're not looking to sell, I mean, are you going to get any kind of a tax credit or anything like that, or is it more just for for self-interest? There are, yeah. Um, there's fewer tax advantages now than there were a few years ago. Yeah, I've noticed that. But a, yeah. lot of, a lot of it is, you know, the resale value. And knowing that your home has done what you said it would do, um, we're seeing a lot of multifamily buildings that are certifying right now. And now, a lot of why, that is why uh, municipalities don't simply mandate more things for new development. You know, for example, uh, you know, water is obviously a big issue with our environment mm-hmm. and, and preserving the use of water. And you know, when when waterless urinals first came out. You know, I thought, oh, God, this is going to be, you know, not something that we're used to. It's going to be distastefully, you know, they work wonderfully. They're actually very clean and they're, I think, cleaner than the ones with water. So therefore, I asked myself, why don't they just mandate that in all renovations of public buildings or brand new buildings? It mandated. That's the rule. You can't install uh, anything but a waterless urinal in the men's room. You know, that, to me, that's just a no brainer. That's easy to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's a problem that my friend. Oh, there you are, Stephen. We we lost you for yeah. a minute. Yeah. I think that's the problem that my friend is having is that they're trying to mandate uh, things in her apartment that she you know doesn't want to have. I never heard of a of a waterless uh, oh, urinal, but uh, you haven't seen them. They're, they're, yeah, they work very well. Hey, so you still there? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, you've seen them, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean Europe and Asia have been using them for a long time. You know, we're mm-hmm. a little bit behind. They have. Uh, the, the 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 scale here but you know yes people don't like to be mandated on things but you know we have to worry about the environment right and there's parts of california that are running out of water so you know we running out of water and then you don't want to change the way you do certain things is kind of inconsistent everybody's got to try to you know help the cause as they say 
One thing that I really don't like is when you go into a, a restaurant uh, uh, washroom and that there are no towels to wipe your hands. You have to stand in front of one of those jet engine um, oh, hair like dry. Yeah. No, I mean, it takes a while, and I never really feel like I've wiped everything off my hands and stuff. But mm -hmm. And I also don't understand how using the electricity for those, you know, they're like giant jet engines, those hot air blowers <laughs> are, are um, any more uh, good for the environment than using a uh, paper towel, but I guess well, they are. We'll have to hold that thought for the break, and we'll come back. <laughs> Marla, hang in there. We'll be right back after uh, okay. a minute or two. Okay, thanks. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman, but I'm here with Dottie's uh, co-host, attorney Jerry Feeney, and also our, um, our mortgage and finance expert, Ace Watana Suparp. April and Betty, who are holding on, hold on the phone. We're talking to Marla Close, and we'll be right with you, April and Betty. Marla, are you there? I'm here. Marla? Great. So, um, solar panels. There is a big, in the community where I live, they argue over everything, but there is a big thing about solar panels um, and how ugly they are. And if you live across the street, you know, if they're on your roof, you're not looking up at them. But the guy across the street, that's what he sees. What do you, what, tell us about solar panels. Well, I think a lot of people think that solar panels are the hallmark of the green home. And if you have solar panels, you're automatically a green home. But in reality... There's a lot of ways that a home can be green, and solar panels or any other renewable energy may just be one of them. There have been, you're right, a lot of people don't like the looks of them. A lot of people do. I think we have a tremendous resource in harnessing the power from the sun, and it can far outweigh the resources that we're pulling out of the ground and last a lot longer because the sun gives us a ton of, of energy every single day. Um, so I think you're going to see, and this is just my opinion, I think you're going to see an integration of solar panels more in how we build up our energy portfolio. But we're starting to see a lot more things like community solar, um, where it's like a solar bank for a lot of people to tap into. Or think of people that are in a rental situation and can't necessarily put solar panels on, then they may want to be a part of this community solar well, Tesla it's has a great way uh, yeah. for us to have electricity. Tesla has begun to uh, market um, uh, roof tiles that are yes, that's like right. Roof tiles, but they're yeah. solar, which I think is ingenious. Part of yeah. why Tesla's a multi gazillionaire. <laughs> but you know, this whole idea of uh, you know, I'm a you know, I'm liberal, I'm pro environment, but I don't want to look at it. You know, it's kind of give me a break. You know, I mean, the you know the Kennedy <laughs> the Kennedys when they wanted to put the uh, the windmills in. Uh, on Nantucket Bay, you know, were the first ones to object. I'm like, well, are you an environmentalist or not? You know, I happen to think that windmills are attractive. But, you know, the point is that you can't have it both ways. You can't say, let's right. save the environment and let's try to be green. But, you know, oh, I don't want to look at that. That's an eyesore. You know, then don't look at it if you don't like the way it looks. But, uh, you know, solar panels to me can, you know, they can look nice. And uh, uh, but right. certainly, I mean, yeah. it's like anything else, you can do them lots of ways. But exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. we got one way, way to live, and we got to figure it out how to yeah. take 
right. how to get this place to take care of us. But, you know, where Stephen lives in the Hamptons, they just they sit up nights thinking about things to complain about. I really do, right, Stephen? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just all get together in the neighborhood and say, what are we going to complain about now because we've run out of things to complain about? And well, you know, things. rich people, uh, there are a lot of yeah. rich people here, and rich people think that they're entitled. And yeah. rich people, you know, the very first thing they do is they throw down the gauntlet, they go to mm-hmm. and they sue each other. We have an interesting thing going on right now. Um, they, are, they are going to build, or we think they're going to build, a wind farm three miles off the coast of Montauk. The town of East Hampton bonded a $22 million loan uh, to, to pay this company to, mm-hmm. uh, to put in this wind farm. And there is still, you know, uh, fishermen say it's going to kill the fish. Uh, uh, environmentalists say birds are going to get caught in the sails of the... These are giant propeller-looking things. They yeah. must be three, four stories tall. So, yes, there are lawsuits going on about that, but there are also lawsuits going on about helicopters coming into the local airport, which scare the wildlife, scare children. It makes life miserable. So all of these are environmental questions, I think. Um, Helicopters scare children? Well, they come in very low over residential area, and you would be surprised at uh, how big that noise is if they're only 500 feet or 1,000 feet right above you uh, in your house. Everything shakes. Wow. Well, then, you you know, kids kids will get used to it. Don't get used to it. That's what what we should say. That's what my mother used to say. You'll get used to it. Don't worry. (laughs) There you go. Listen, Marla, uh, we're going to take some phone calls. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. People can reach you at greenhomecoach.com. Is that correct? They can. And actually, we just released a brand new training program that will help people to learn the basics of what green is. And more importantly, to be able to talk about it with their own clients and understand how this can be a benefit to them and having this conversation. Because green's, green's here to stay. It's, it really is. And whatever catchphrase we want to use for it, we're all realizing that we've got to more, – more of us realizing than others, perhaps. But we're realizing that we need to um, take care of ourselves and take care of this place we call our home. I believe that green is more than here to stay. It's just going to be integrated into our lives, so the next generation won't even think about it very much. No. Yeah. It'll just be the way we do everything. I agree with that. Marla, tell the people again how to get in touch with you. Yeah. Greenhomecoach.com is my one word. Greenhomecoach.com. Is there any other way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Call me at 877-828-1827. Or you can email me at Marla at Green Home Coach. At Marla at Green Home Coach. And they smoke signals, but I don't know that they really work anymore. (laughs) Marla, you're always wonderful to have on the show. Thank you for your knowledge and and for sharing it with us. I I really appreciate it. And hope we'll uh, speak to you again way before a year has passed. I agree. I appreciate that very, very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Good to speak to you, Marla. Take care. Okay. Bye, y'all. I know. April, April is on the phone. Are you there, April? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Hi, April. Very good. Did you Hi, have a I'm... question for uh, for, uh, for us a... today? Yeah, my question is this. 
Um, I remember last weekend, uh, I think Dottie was talking to a woman from Staten Island, a broker, and she was saying that a lot of homes of uh, people from other countries are buying them and having their money stay there. And another lady said she was in a condo, and uh, when she went to the fitness um, you know, area of the condo, nobody was there because half of the condominiums, the people don't live in them. Now, why is our country and what other countries – allow foreigners to own their real estate. And isn't it kind of dangerous? Lots of them. I mean, who started that? And other countries aren't like that. You can't just buy real estate in any country wherever you want. Why is it permitted? I mean, what's the benefit of it? Well, it benefits, first of all, it benefits uh, those of us who own homes because there are many times in the, in the New York City real estate market that, frankly, our market was saved by foreign investment, number one. Number two, when... Uh, you know, non-U.S. nationals own property in the U.S. They're far more, far less likely to want to see our economy tank. They have an incentive uh, to, you know, not interfere uh, adversely with the economy. And, you know, moreover, it's just part of free enterprise. I mean, there's many, many countries that allow foreign ownership of real estate within their, within their country. It's, it helps the tax base. I mean, wouldn't you, would you rather see the, the properties sit there empty with no one able to pay the taxes, or would you rather see a foreign national own it who's able to pay the taxes? Well, I, I don't know. I just, like, when I heard they said, you heard about the Chrysler building is up for sale? Yeah. Yes. That's what I heard last week. Yeah. It is. So I'm just wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, how come, like, uh, if you want to buy a house in Italy, are you allowed? I mean, what countries allow it and what don't? You are allowed to I buy a house in Italy. They encourage yeah. it. Most of Europe allows... You know, by whether you know as to whether you can live there full time, that's a different issue. That's an immigration issue. We have the same issues here, as everyone knows. But um, you know, ownership of real estate is very common within the Western world. That's not an issue. And you know, so the Chrysler buildings up for sale. You can buy it if you want. The problem. The Waldo Pastoria is owned by Chinese investors, yeah. and uh, this actually is a, is a healthy thing uh, because it means that our economy is so that uh, people in foreign countries trust putting their money here, and this is mm-hmm. a safe haven for them. It doesn't take anything out of uh, our pockets. Uh, we get to have the taxes, the real estate taxes, whatever else it is, um, and they get to own these properties. It's not as if they're taking uh, properties or places to live away from our citizens. Um, mm. They're not doing that either. So, and it's it's not you know. I mean, if it turned out they were only ninety percent of all the property here, that would be a problem. Go ahead, April. Yeah, I was saying, but the, remember the woman that last week the real estate broke in Staten Island. She said she was worried that her daughter wouldn't be able to find a house because so many investors are buying the homes in Staten Island. And she says, even though I like making commission, she said she started looking inward and thinking, you know, is this. I mean, what if the condominium, no one's in the exercise room, and the condominiums, no one could buy uh, units because they're Maybe already taken, and no one's in, in building. them. Yeah, I never go in the exercise room of mine, and I was born here, so I'm not sure. So, so what would, April, what would your solution be? No, well, I just think that I'm thinking when we have a lot of problems now with everyone talking about China or they're our enemy, Russia, they're our enemy. If there are, if we have, don't we have to sort of like change our rules and sort of shift a little and look and see you, what's you, best for do you want, do you want a home? safety of our country. April, do you want yeah, real I estate? Do. Okay, so if yeah. you were selling your real estate and the only person that was bidding on it was a, a Chinese foreign national, would you sell it to them? My husband would, but I probably wouldn't. 
<laughs> I, so I, I think American first. That's what I think. I, I'd mm-hmm. like to buy more American products if I could. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's it's. The, it's I just it's, think it's time for us what? to be a little it's, more it's, selfish it's than quaint, we used to be. It's quaint, but it's a global economy. But I hear what you're saying. But it's, I, uh, I heard. It's I live in Astoria, and I heard this thing about um, that uh, maybe not. The Amazon says no, but someone said um, that. Uh, Connecticut is putting out the red carpet and saying, we'll like to talk to you if they don't want you. So, you know, my husband says, oh, let them come. It makes our house values up. Yes, but then I'm thinking, right. what about the congestion? You know? Well, so it's a, it's a busy city. You know, it's a congested city. I mean, you know, people, I don't know. Listen, it's, it's part of the economy, right? It's part of the economy growing. But yeah. we got to take a break. But I welcome your call. Why do, Stephen, why do people name their kids April, May, and June, but not February and March. I always wondered that. I know somebody named November. April, thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it. Be right back after this word from our sponsors. Don't go away. Betty, hang in there. Thank you, April. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman, but I'm here with Dottie's co-host, attorney Jerry Feeney, and also our mortgage and finance expert, Aswatana Suparp. If you have questions for any of us, you can call in at 866 866- Nine seven zero nine six two two. That's eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. And Betty is on the line. Are you there, Betty? Yes, I am. Thank you very much for taking my call. Our pleasure. What, what's up? Uh, my son lives in a rent-stabilized apartment. I, I, and for him to get it, I even I had to co-sign the loan, so he doesn't earn very much. He has not had a lease since the since the uh, rent freeze. He has a when third, was that? He has the hmm. Well, how me? long ago was the rent freeze? Oh, you know, was it like two or two or three years ago when they had it? Oh, a long time ago. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So now I never worried about it. I mean, they cash his check, his his rent checks. So I never really worried about it because I know that he would be on the thirty on a thirty day um, lease, so to speak, month to month. Um, yeah, month to month. But you had a call earlier, and I was wondering should he should he put a note in his next rent that he wants a lease? Is this is that, a rent? Is this a rent stabilized apartment? Yes, it is. Well, then he's legally entitled to it. He should have had a lease. Yes, absolutely. You should call and make sure that he gets the renewal lease in place, so that the so regular... it's better to have a, it's better to have a written lease than just go month to month. Well, yeah, if you unless you plan to leave very soon, that's so. No, he doesn't have, plan to leave. Yeah, well, the fact of the matter is that legally the landlord is required to offer a rent stabilized lease to the tenant. So yes, I would absolutely do it. Absolutely. Okay. Because okay. I know he hasn't had one. Because if he didn't, if it got lost somewhere, there'd be a second one that would come to my address. Since yeah. I'm, my guess is they sent it to him, to. and maybe he forgot to have it signed. But you know, no, I, le- I don't think they did. He's okay. he's really good with that. Well, then, then definitely call the definitely call the landlord and, and and get it in place. You want that? Okay, protection. thank you. Good luck. Thanks. 
You're welcome. Good luck with that. Um, I'm, you know, I found this article. I read the Wall Street Journal every day, and there was what I think is a remarkable article, and it says that the, the amount you weigh can tip the scale. I guess that was their little pun. The amount you weigh can tip the scale in a home decision. It turns out that obese women are much more likely to move out of lean neighborhoods. Uh, it, it, it sounds <laughs> rather than lose weight. Let's just move so that I'm around other people well, that are obese. Yeah, that's a good idea. It says the Wall Street Journal says while past research has found that a person is more likely to gain weight living among heavier residents, mm-hmm. a team of researchers at the University of Utah wanted to see whether people move to neighborhoods because of their weight, and yeah. it's quite a big study: thirty-four thousand women. I have, I have uh, a question a for, the, for the researchers at the University of Utah. Did you run out of things to research? I mean, what, I, it always <laughs> amaze, amazes me, you know, when they spend all this money to do 34000 is a huge study, had to cost a lot of money. And I think to myself, have we, have we researched everything else? But anyway, um, so I, I guess the theory is that people who are heavy get tired of being the heavy person in the neighborhood, so they go to a, a fat neighborhood. Is that it? Or heavy uh, th- that's I get. See, I thought it was so they don't have to see thin people, and if everybody looks yeah, fat like think. you, you don't yeah. worry about it. But it turns out it has to do with walkability. Obese women um, were three times as likely as healthy weight women to move from the leanest to the heaviest neighborhoods, defined as less walkable with a higher average body mass index. And this all comes to walkability in a neighborhood, which is mm-hmm. oh so important. What about men? Because, They're just picking on heavy women. What about heavy men? I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> fortunately, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't even, my neighbor's skinny or fat. I, I don't know. I don't look at my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you where, where I, you know, the whole idea of you gain weight being in a neighborhood of heavy people. If you've ever been on a cruise, and I, and I have, and I, I never will again, but, you know, you must gain just 10 pounds because you just have no choice. Every time you turn around, they're eating and everyone's eating and you feel like, you know, the it must be what the cows feel like when they're getting fattened up before slaughter. I mean, there's just no other choice but to keep eating is my experience. But And there are, there are no, you know, people on cruises, boy, I don't want to get into trouble with cruise ships now, yeah. but people on cruises, the ones that I've seen who generally are kind of overweight. It's like Disneyland. When you go to Disneyland, you see, you know, this cross section of America yeah. um, that are in well, most we, people, most people. Yeah. We're a heavy country. I mean, unfortunately, right? It's hard to well, be heavy in, in New York City, I think, because you, there's a lot of walking involved, and you have to walk up and down yeah. stairs to get to the subway. And I think it's just harder, you know. I mean, I, listen, I, I, I'm not picking on heavy people. I know they have a, you know, a lot of people have a struggle with weight, and we all do. It's all a constant struggle, other than Ace, who's just perpetually thin. But now that he's laid up, maybe he's going to be sitting there <laughs> eating ice cream and putting on some pounds. But you know, it's, only in his toe. His t- only his toe will get fat if I know he's. <laughs> you know, uh, here's here's. Go ahead, Jerry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this, this is moving on to this thing about the impact, the financial impact, and other impacts of living in your parents' basement. Because this figure to me is absolutely shocking. Uh, because there are, um, I forget the total number, but there are like twenty-five million millennials living in their parents basement and the number went up by five and a half million over the last 10 years 
uh, student debt, the high cost of rent, high credit conditions, and the labor market all play a note in, in this trend. So, And in fact, on a personal level, I go to the uh, local uh, kennel here, the rescue kennel, and I walk mm-hmm. dogs there. And there's a, they have a very, very big young staff. And every single one of them lives at home. And they're either in the basement or lives at home. And I, I feel bad for these kids, but and they're I not feel bad for the parents. <laughs> I mean, you think you get rid of the kids, and then all of a sudden they come back and they're in the basement. You know, just put their stuff out by the road. Give them a week. Tell them that you put the stuff out by the road. Life is difficult, <laughs> but you'll make it. You'll figure out a way. And you know, I mean, listen. Part of it, yes, I get it. It's the economy. It's harder to get out on your own. I, I understand, but you know this perpetual taking care of the kids because they can't get another job. Go work three jobs. When you're working three jobs and you can't make it, then tell me. I know I sound like a Republican. I'm not. But, I mean, you know, when I first came to New York City, I had two jobs for many years. I worked on the weekends to make ends meet. It was just part of what they do. And now it's like, well, I work 34 hours a week. And I, you know, anyway. Jerry, how old were you when you moved out of home? When you got your first place? Uh, uh 18. I mean, the minute I graduated from high school, I moved to college. That was it. I never wanted to go back. I was not going back to Albany. No way was I going back there. There was never even a possibility. Um, You know, I was out on my own. You know, back then we didn't have ATM cards, you know, and I remember you'd cash cash your paycheck and you'd run out of money and that was it. You didn't have any money. I mean... You know, I, I, I hated to move out of my parents' home. I was I was mm-hmm. frightened a bit to have to be on my own and to be able yeah. to make the rent every month. Um, it mm-hmm. was a it was a it was a challenge for me, and I was forty two. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> I had to come up with the money to go to Studio 54. Yeah, David is on say. the telephone. <laughs> was there a cover charge back then? I mean, maybe you didn't pay it. I got in for free. Pay. Oh, you got it for free? I got it for free, and they gave me free drink tickets and uh, some other gifts. Steve Rubell was always giving out illegal gifts to uh, people. And so I was able to... for taking that, yeah. No. no. And um, anyway, David is on the phone. David, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you today? How are you, David? All right, listen, I have a question. These uh, portable basketball hoops that get put up on the curb or in the street, mm-hmm. and they never disappear from there, and kids <laughs> yeah. go wild. Nobody uses them. Yeah. Huh? No, people, unfortunately, kids use it. It's a lot of noise, sometimes really late at night. We've actually had two people on the block who've sold their house because of this. That may be hard really? to believe, but that's how bad it is. What can you do legally about this? What's the situation with that? So the, the, I, think the it degrade, I think it degrades the value of the homes to have that damn thing I think there. it does. I agree. Well, let me play devil's advocate for a minute. What... what what do you want the kids to do? I mean, they got they got to. Uh, I want the parents to yeah. uh, discipline the children and to uh, keep them occupied. Uh, yeah. You know, in a you situation know, th- without imposing I mean, upon everybody else. Well, I hear you. I mean, it's a it's a give and take, but I think you know, kids have got to have a place to play, and you know, maybe uh, you know, in our neighborhood that there there is one. I you know, it's not. I don't think it's particularly attractive. But on the other hand, there's no basketball court in, in, in town for them to go and play on. I mean, it's like a couple of well, miles away. So I'd rather them do that than be, you know, uh, sort of, you know, hanging cats in the backyard or something like that. Maybe there's a way that the neighbor the neighbors can get together 
and uh, you know, come up with some rules. Say, listen, you know, we're gonna we're gonna support this because you need a place to play, and we'll even help subsidize. We'll get a new net and a new basketball, but there's got to be hours in which you're allowed to do it, and then everybody agrees that at a certain particular time, you stop playing and go in and annoy your parents. But um, I hear you, but I think you know, kids got to have something to do. I don't know. I never played basketball. Ace, you're a basketball player. I mean, what do you think, David? David, I totally, completely agree with you. They look awful. They sit out there all winter. They're Mm -hmm. usually at the foot of the driveway. If it was down the driveway near the house, it would be different. But generally, they're at the foot of the driveway. There are kids playing in the street. In the summertime, Mm -hmm. you hear the bouncing, constant bouncing. So send them over to Stephen's house, and they can all play in the living room. No, but the question is, what can you what what can you actually do about it? I mean, my my town has a my town has a rule about where these can be. I have a very fussy place that I live in, Mm. but my town actually has a rule about this. And the people across the street put theirs out kind of on the street, so the kids could play in the street and not on the gravel path. And I understood that, but the town came in and made them move it. But uh, many communities, I don't know where you live, but many communities have all sorts of noise rules. Um, And for instance. Tennis courts. Sorry, Jerry. I think we got the end of the show here. Oh, my God. Your time fly. David, thank you for calling. High on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. The Orange look for their second win this season against B.C. today in the Dome. Hi, I'm Matt Park. Join Jim Saddle and me for Orange pregame at 1.30. Tip off 2 on AM 970. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.